Uh, hey everybody, welcome to the Streetcast. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Hui. Hey, what's up? Ricky is not here. He's his kids has been sick for quite a while. I'm really hoping his little baby is okay. Virus, not Corona. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, at least I hope not. That's uh. So, all right. Let's start out with that, Vince. Do oh, you think? Yeah, I mean, think. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I got coronavirus. Um, <laughs> Vince, do you think that there? So we're going to talk a little bit about social media today. Mm-hmm. Um. But do you think that the coronavirus thing is being overblown, or do you think that they're covering it reasonably? Well, I, I think that, again, with all the knowledge that we have right now, um, I think it's covered fairly well. I do have an issue with some of the social media stuff, which we're going to get to in a minute. But um, I think that because of all the kind of saturation of various, quote unquote, knowledgeable sources, um, it's getting a little bit mixed. But I think that um, the official channels like the World Health Organization, um, for the most part, the world's governments that are kind of fair and balanced, um, we, we've been able to get a decent uh, number of facts as well as a decent number of approaches. Um, I don't think that uh, we're at the point where it's a straight up pandemic necessarily, but uh, obviously everyone's like, you know, walking on eggshells right now. Um, I don't want to break it right into the topic on the social media side, but uh, I'll suffice to say there are far too many people who claim, um, uh, I don't know how you say, authority over facts. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, there's a lot of miscommunication. Um, and, and we're now talking about people's lives. So, um, you know, uh, prior to recording, we were joking about like, you know, whether or not if you have one disease, can you get the other disease? Like, can you get Corona if you've already got something else? Like those are things that we were just joking about, but you know what? Some people believe that stuff. Or more recently, in the news, you know, you got um, your your favorite president um, saying that I don't know. I got a hunch that the World Health Organization facts are actually quite wrong. That it's not a three percent. That actually, I think it's less than one percent kind of a fatality rate, and that everyone should just go to work and you know keep the economy going. That's a pretty bad statement. But of course, when an authority is able to not only say it, but then have it mass circulated via social media and other outlets, um, we have a huge potential world health crisis, right? Yeah. Um, and th- this doesn't have anything to do with social media, but I, and you probably didn't see this because it's just, you know, United States news and it's kind of, you know, off to the side. But there was this guy on CNBC, it's one of the business channels here. Um, he said, uh, that we should just give everybody coronavirus in the world and uh, get over it. We'll be done with it in a month because um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you can't say that shit. I don't know if you know this, but TVs and cameras record shit. <laughs> you can't say that on TV. Um, Wait, anyways. So I thought I, I didn't think CNBC was like as right wing as like Fox. I, 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 is it? Is, is that the case? I I don't know. I mean, they say that the, the NBC stuff is more liberal, but apparently this guy here was definitely not um well i, I think I, there are there are schools of thought I, and we might be sidetracking it but there are schools of thought that do discuss that um as an academic there are there are like epidemiologists that that have been uh writing like you know it, it, it is inevitable that the, the 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 virus will spread worldwide and that yeah. you know it, it, it's going to be something that will be as commonplace as a lot of other diseases and you know god willing you know whether it's through vaccinations or what have you um, the world will get it and like let it die. Like I mean, like the world had bubonic plague, and yes, a lot of people died, but 
Uh, I'm in no way advocating that we should have something as kind of uh, com- uh, completely annihilate the population. But, you know, we, we we don't have, we never had the cure for a bubonic plague, but civilization still did persist. So, um, yeah, we're not yeah. all going to die. Just most of us are going to die. It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. So let's jump into the topic. So, um, Vince, why don't you go ahead and introduce what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, I, I, you know what, I think it's actually quite uh, interesting that we started off by talking about the coronavirus because that's the one thing that has been talked about not only in conventional news, but also uh, on social media and everything else, right? And as a result, you have a lot of bad things. So today's real issue was just a matter of, you know, at the end of the day, uh, social media cannot make meaningful change. That's what I, that's I, that was the thesis position, just to be provocative. But I mean, yes, there are instances where in the old days you'd be like, oh, it's a good feel good story. Like, like oh, look, uh, some guy gave money to a dude and that was, that was down on his luck. And of course, uh, things, tr- tables turned. And of course, the guy got a really good job and then helped out the guy that helped him out. Like, I mean, that kind of stuff. Um, or like, you, you know, it goes beyond simply seeing kittens and stuff, right? So, you know, stuff goes viral and gets shared. But unfortunately, you know, we're talking about the coronavirus and and how like a lot of social media is now used to propagate messages that are not simply feel good or or just like, you know, entertainment, light, fluffy stuff. We're talking about people that understand social media as how the real world operates, you know, so we see things like where, um, and we were talking about this, where the president of a country can say, nope, this doesn't happen, or no, the, these are blown out of proportion, and outright lies, right? And and that's what people start subscribing to. So, you know, social media becomes an easy access point for misinformation, right? And the other thing is that even when there is clear and present information, my other part of this discussion is beyond simply misinformation, the other problem is, of course, um, it's a venue to also perpetuate, you know, not discourse, but complaints, right? And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people caring about the environment. I'm not saying that I agree with people that are, you know, putting or castigating um, environmentalists. But, you know, I I think that for all the talk that people have about uh, Greta Thunberg and, and like, you know, a lot of people that use social media, um, a case in point, Greta Thunberg is one of those people that says, okay, look, um, there's something wrong with the environment. And yes, she took protest days and all that stuff. Um, and she was able to uh, take, uh, well, I can't remember, she took Fridays or whatever days off at, uh, from school to protest the fact that her government really wasn't doing anything or the governments of the world weren't doing anything to actually help the climate crisis. But the thing is that, you know, she's gathered a lot of momentum in the last few years to the point where she's doing a lot of finger pointing and pointing it at, you know, uh, even your generation, Matt. Like, I mean, she is slightly younger than you. So my generation, my my parents' generation, um, basically anyone over 20 um, should be held accountable. This is, this is like she's basically saying we cannot forgive you. Like I think this, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically says, um, you know, if this if if we grow up and the environment is completely you know thrown to chaos, it is your fault, and we will never forgive you. And and again, that that's really fiery rhetoric. But the fact is that she is able to say all these complaints. But listen, at the end of the day, we're trying to just collectively make progress. So. And, and and again, that's a that's a that's a, that's a profound good one where you know we have someone that's raising an issue, and you know it's good to talk about issues to kind of find solutions. But the trick is that you got to find solutions. You can't just simply say this is bad, you're bad, you're bad, right? You got to move on and get better, right? So as much as you know, comedians and everything say bad stuff about 
you know, Harvey Weinstein and, and Me Too and all that stuff. Well, guess what? It does eventually lead to, um, you know, at, at the very least in your mind space that there are, you know, inequalities, that there are problems with the way women are treated or have been treated or that, yes, you know, predators like this guy should be locked up and we're more aware of this kind of condition so that we can prevent more of that stuff from happening, right? So at least the complaints do have a correlation to some sort of benefit. But you see a lot of other people that just use social media not only to, uh, pro, you know, propagate misinformation, but also to just propagate fiery, you know, discourse, uh, sorry, fiery complaints as opposed to meaningful discourse. And that's the reason why I said social media really, uh, in a lot of cases, doesn't perpetuate real meaningful change. Yes, we do say, yeah, did you hear the thing about R. Kelly? Yes, did you hear the thing about, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein? Or, yeah, did you hear the Oscars so white kind of thing? Like, yes, social media does bring that. But, I mean, let's talk about how we can actually produce solutions. Because for that one idea of yeah let's increase diversity yes let's take note of the environment or whatever you know you have an you know a, a, an infinite pool of like you know vitriol and bad talk on social media that really doesn't add to the overall improvement of societal gain so that was my that was my big uh, soapbox there yeah um we haven't got the soapbox out in quite a while vince we missed that thing we used to have <laughs> we used to do the soapbox thing all the time. Um, yeah. So I agree with you almost 100%. Ooh. Um, yeah. I, social media has a lot of problems. And I'm not, we can, maybe we can get into the reasons why we are where we're at. Um, but I mean, there's, a, there's the whole can, uh, call out culture, the cancel culture thing that they call public shaming. Yep. Um, that goes on. And so, uh, my alma mater, Michigan State University, went through the whole Larry Nassar thing. I don't know. If, oh, that was you know, that was you. I mean, yeah, was, yeah. Was your? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was at school while he was still there. Um, wow. Uh, so that man is obviously guilty, right? I mean, he, he admitted that he was, you know, he, he did things, and he's in prison for a lifetime. Um, but a, a lot of the outrage for that was propagated through the media and social media um and i mean you can't really i mean i don't know how to say this and stay politically correct um i'm i don't really know how to say that you know some of those girls probably lied right because of the 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 you know the social media and stuff i mean they came out and and because they some, I mean, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying probably a small majority, small minority of them lied about what happened to them or probably didn't happen to them at all. Right? When you say they lied, you're saying that the small percentage lied because they wanted to just join the bandwagon. They wanted to get attention. Like, cause yeah. that's a thing to say like no one no one says hey i I'm no, or i should say i have no proof of that it's just oh. something that i what say, oh, say like, I, know, I just said i just want to say this <laughs> yeah oh. anyway, anyways the, the whole the whole i mean it's what leads country companies to um fire like a director or whatever without any proof um, because they're they're so um, afraid of the public outrage on Twitter, you know. Um, so like Disney fired uh, some 
um, directors. I don't remember what his name was. Gun. Um, James Gunn from the Guardians of the Galaxy series, right? You're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if that guy was guilty or not. I have no clue. Um, but even the whiff of a controversy on Twitter, you know, let him lose his job. Um, and uh, that, the whole outrage thing. Oh, wait, you're talking about uh, John Lasseter, the guy the, the, the guy in charge of Pixar. Sure, I don't know. All I, all I know is it was somebody was from, it was from Disney, um, oh. and they got fired, right? They, get, they got fired, and then they got brought back, I think. And that then was they, the James Gunn thing. That was a gun thing, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, he, was, he was fired because of the public outrage machine. And I know you don't know very much about Linux, but um, the, the Linux community is really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever Canonical, which owns Ubuntu, does something and they do something that, you know, doesn't mesh well with the community, people go up in arms on Twitter, uh, you know, and force Canonical to do things. And I, I think, I guess, um, my point is, is that Twitter does change things, but like you said, it's not always for the good, right? It's, uh, yeah. Because, because, because people get so outraged over I mean, the the Me Too and the Black Lives Matter and um, climate change; those are all big human issues that deserve to be talked about, like you said. But then there's the smaller things that don't. I mean, who gives that a crazy take up airspace that should not take up airspace, right? Like, you know, yeah. why is it that um, you know, whether it's the Popeye sandwiches or something, they're taking the priority over things like I don't know coronavirus, and then of course now U.S. is this is kind of caught off guard because guess what? There've been uh, more important things to talk about, whether it's the Kardashians or some other pop culture thing, and that takes up the airwave space, and that's the problem that that isn't just simply isolated to large mass media, but also in the kind of individualized curated content that's found online right the, the social media serves as a uh, another big uh factor in influencing how people behave or what people care about right, right. and it, it it's it's trickled down into small individual um complaints like um there was a there was a woman who went to kfc and got served a chicken sandwich and she was outraged because she was a vegan like you know you go to KFC, you're probably going to get chicken. I mean, chicken's right in the freaking title. I mean, it's con- Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, or what, I mean, I think they changed it to Kitchen Fried Chicken now or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I mean, you go to KFC, you're gonna have chicken. You don't get on Twitter and and proclaim proclaim your outrage because you got served chicken. I mean, it's just it was it was it was the dumbest story ever. Yeah. Um, but- that kind of starts holding a mirror to the individual and just how stupid we are as a culture to like put these people on pedestals. Like, I mean, it's not even giving 15 minutes of fame. It's giving them, you know, that two seconds of fame. But because of the out because of the outreach that social media has, it might be a fleeting moment. But, man, the whole world takes note of it. Right. right. Well, it's a fleeting it's a fleeting moment in like the, the general consciousness of, of you know, us as a, you know people. But <coughs> excuse me. It also gets that person's followers, so that person stays around for a while too. It may be on different topics, but like if if they make get their fifteen minutes of fame, they might get you know twenty, thirty, a million followers or something. Like that. And then all of a sudden, this person has a voice who can't be trusted. You know, so not only does you know they get uh, their fifteen minutes of fame, but they also then become a social media influencer. You know. 
Well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. So I don't have a problem with people getting millions of followers because, like, there are some notable people that have really good thoughts and opinions and, and mm-hmm. insights on things. And you just want to make sure you can keep abreast of, like, what's going on in the world, right? Like, I mean, there's a reason why guys like, you know, Obama, who's no longer serving as president, still has a decent amount of serve, uh, you know, followers because, you know, he's doing critical things. You know, basketball players are like notable, notable, um, you know, athletes, of course, they're doing new, uh, you know, great stuff or like movies are being made and actors, of course, people follow their social media. I get that. Right. But I, I think it's more to, you know, the social benefit that we're talking about where it's like, OK, so uh, Greta Thunberg, right, she is uh, saying a good message, right? Like I'm not saying that environmental uh messages should not be put out far from it um the, the world is in a you know hell in a handbasket but i think to have not only the ability to say bad things uh you also got to have uh, opinions that can actually say like this is good or this is how we make things better right um and and i think uh having that huge following is really going to give someone a, a sense of responsibility where, where they have to let people know that this is my opinion but it, you know, it, it's to advance a greater discussion. Uh, if, if I take it one step further, going back to coronavirus, like you know, when people start doing mass, um, you know, tweets and these guys with millions of followers or organizations with millions of followers start saying, "Oh, you know what? Um, coronavirus is bad, bad, bad." And then like you see like people lining up for hours outside of a Costco in California. Mm-hmm. When there's been like, I don't know how many, like less than a hundred or something cases uh, or fatalities in America, you know, at, at, the, at the point of this recording, like there's not very many fatalities at all, right, in, in, in all North America altogether. But you see this, you know, some people have posted or some organizations have posted that, oh, it's coming. And, you know, you have people lining up at Costco buying toilet paper? Wait, toilet paper. It's like, it's like yeah. why is, how does toilet, like, like, we're talking about an airborne thing. We're talking about like. I don't know how often you uh, well, like. <laughs> well, I think they're they're worried that they won't be able to go out of their house for a while. But the question remains: How much toilet paper does one person need? Yeah, I mean, I mean they, just, they they I don't know if you saw this video. It went viral, Vince, of of people in in Hawaii going crazy over pallets of toilet paper. I mean, they're like pushing and shoving each other to get to the the to the Charmin. I mean, it's like, really? come on, people, this is so dumb. I mean, first of all. There are more important things to stock up on than toilet paper. I mean, water, food. I mean, obviously they're doing yeah. it for water too, but um, I, it's just—it's so silly. I mean, I—I I mean, you don't want to—you don't want to go through and say, "Oh, you know, coronavirus isn't a big deal. We're, you know, we're all going to be fine," or you know, whatever. You don't want to downplay it because it is a serious issue. But yeah. you, but because of—I I mean, it's, let's be clear—it's not just social media that's the problem, but. It's kind of like a it's it's an echo chamber. The the more things are covered on social media, the more things are covered in the news. The more things are covered in the news, the more things it's talked on social media. So it just kind of ramps itself up, feeding on each other until you get to this point where people are fighting in the streets over Angel Soft. You know, it's it's, 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 it's just dumb. But like while we're in Hawaii, I mean, like that is exactly the thing. Like, I mean, social media or at least the media in, in general, it, it really has become so accessible. Um, and I'm not talking about just like if I am like, uh, like again, not to pick on people like the Thunbergs, but like, like say Kardashians, right? Like what have they actually really done? And, you know, they have billions of followers and, and yet, uh, 
you know, and, and you know what they do, what they buy influences a lot of people. But because it's so accessible, like you could have done nothing with your life and still influence millions of people around the world. Here's the other thing. Like, remember in Hawaii when they sent that mass message, oh, uh, there's a nuclear strike coming in? Get, get like, you mm-hmm. know, yep. that, like, and maybe that's a lesser degree. But the fact of the matter is that you have a, a body that is actually an authority that says straight up, yeah, uh, get ready for the uh, like whatever nuclear strike coming down. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we're so easily – so if I if I was telling at the outset that there's a misinformation dimension as well as like uh, inability to have, you know, meaningful conversations through social media, I think the other issue is that social media actually has some real uh, impact, not in, in terms of like n- – not in terms of meaningful impact, but I'm talking about impact where people freak out because some authority has – accidentally said nuclear strikes coming down right or the fact that you know the president can tweet something and boom equity markets across the world shift because he's an idiot and says something which dramatically impacts you know how people perceive the economy so i I think that you know these aren't meaningful in in the good way and and they're if anything they're detrimental and that's the thing that's really bothering us where you know our phones tie us to this virtual existence which in effect you know um makes us only look to our phone as the point source for real information. And that is now becoming so compromised where, yeah, you have the World Health Organization telling you something, but guess what? You got some like crazy crackpot doctor or snake oil salesman selling you that, oh, no, coronavirus can be just done by, I don't know, like licking frogs or something, right? Like, you know, you watch, you're a musical person. So you remember the Book of Mormon, like have sex with frogs or have sex with children and you'll get, and you'll cure yourself of AIDS. Like that's crazy talk. But guess what? People have the ability to not only localize it, but then when you have social media, it spreads around the world or in, in certain areas and people believe it. And that's stupid. But, you know, it's on my social media. It's in the same box that's coming to my hand that's coming for that's giving me information from the World Health Organization and all these notable authorities. But I'm also getting crazy, too. And that's that to me is bothersome. Yeah, the the there's two there's two things here, Vince. Um, One is people can follow just the people that they you know, want to hear from. So they don't get a, a wide perspective of view. So if you just follow people who also follow Donald Trump, you're just going to get things that go along with, you know, yeah. Donald Trump's viewpoint. Uh, the other thing is, um, beca- because of that, I- I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I've really got Alzheimer's, Vince. Screw coronavirus. I don't yeah. have a memory anymore. But Matt, <laughs> who do you- but I was going to say, Matt, if you are following people of the same ilk, that's that's bad, right? But that that's only speaking about the the you know the people that are fixated on you know one perspective. But even for people like me, who you know honestly, I do actually listen and, and tr- like again, maybe I'm too Canadian, but I do uh, try to see the fair and balanced thing. So to me, whenever I hear the Fox kind of like I get Fox News kind of feeds every so often popping up in my news feeds. And it's not because I go, wow, you know what? That's right. It's because I'd like to see what their perspective on certain things are yeah. or like how does, you know, this agency, this group, this group of people, this, you know, how do they see um, a specific issue? And then you just go, OK, I didn't see it from that perspective. But when you have only one source that that's crazy and we're still now I'm looking at the news feeds that I get. And I will get some super right wing things because I, I use Flipboard, right? So sometimes get super right or left wing things, and you're like, "Wow, this is how society is." 
And unfortunately, the ability to curate and say, I have to actually look at the sources because thank God it's like, you know, say like a crazy title. And then I look, oh, is it coming from, you know, Washington Post? Is it coming from New York Times? Is it coming from Fox News or CNBC? And if it if if I find that I'm getting a lot of these weird feet, like, you know, weird uh, news stories and they're coming from a diversity of opinions, that means it's fair and balanced, at least in my mind. But unfortunately, all the crazy stories all mix in with my social media feeds where I'm yeah. like, Okay, it's hard to perceive that. If it weren't for the uh, citation capacity, I think that um, you know I would be very confused about yeah. how the world's working. And imagine somebody. I mean, I mean, Vince, you're very technologically adept. I mean, you're a very smart guy. But imagine, I mean, imagine you're like 70 years old and you, you've only been on the internet for a few years or something, and you're on Flipboard and because your grandchild sets you up with Flipboard or something like that. All these stories look exactly the same, right? It doesn't matter how, how the veracity of them. They're 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 all look exactly the same, whether they're true or not. So I mean, it it can be very hard to to siphon out what is true and what's not. And and the other point I was gonna make earlier is that um whether it's I'm not sure what the cause is, whether it's you know the education system in the mm. world or even just the United States or whatever, but people are very gullible. Um, 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 I mean, so, something like 3 billion or 30, 300 billion or some amazing amount of uh, uh, money is lost every year by people who are tricked out of their money by, by scammers, like in Nigeria and all that, you know, you know, like catfishing scams and social mm. security scams. Like it's, it's an amazing amount of money. Um, I mean, and like guy, you know, you know, a lot. It's not just like, oh, well, yeah, those that person was really old. Of course, they're going to get scammed. They don't know any better. But mm-hmm. it's young people. It's young people too. Like, how can these people be so gullible? Um, and it's, I mean, obviously the scamming thing is, 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 you know, is a whole separate issue. But it, it, it goes down to the same problem: is that people will believe shit on the internet, even though, and just because it looks like it comes from a, you know, you know. A legitimate source. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and anybody in, I mean, it literally takes no money. It takes zero dollars to set up yourself up a blog, mm-hmm. you know, and you can get free themes that look like the New York Times website, you know, yep. and, and I mean, and then if you want, if you have $10, you can get yourself your own domain. So even the domain looks le- legit. And then you can just start publishing whatever you want. You can spew whatever lies you want. You the all hell, the spaghetti monster, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, People, I mean, I mean, I like to make fun of the people who are so gullible that they believe shit, but it's so hard, even for people who understand that not everything on the internet is, is, uh, you know, real, to even begin to filter out the things that are truthful and, you know, have real weight to, against those things that are complete nonsense, were utterly made up. Um, and, and it begin, it, it's even taken to another level because, uh, the sources that we sometimes say, you know, we're going to trust, you know, the like New York Times, Washington Post, even Fox News, you know, whatever, you know, um, they oftentimes will pick up the stories from these nonsense sources yeah. and, and, and proclaim them as news because they've gotten those fake sources have gotten such followings and shares and shit on social media. So it, it, it's, uh, it's a huge problem. And the problem, and we were, talking about how the Greta what's her last name Berg. Whatever. okay that, that, that little girl um how she, she, you know she's talking about you know climate change and how we're all 
doomed and it's all of our fault, but she has no solution. Um, I mean, we're talking about something here. I'm not sure what the solution is to get people to understand that things that are all real on the internet. I'm not sure how to get people past that gullibility. Um, I'm not even sure if there is a solution because go ahead, Vince. I was going to say that, like, I mean, that, that gullibility, you, you know, just talking off that topic, you're right. It is very difficult, but I know that in at least parts of the world and certainly in in Canada we are talking about in implementing and I'm sorry we have started implementing um, curriculum for kids that talk about everything from cybersecurity to like you know sexual predators and all that stuff and 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 like you know what you can and what you cannot post I'm not sure if America has the same thing but certainly in <laughs> in the area I live in uh, my daughter she's getting some of that curriculum uh, dispensed with um, certainly cyberbullying is one of those problems that is very first world problem and um, in Canada we're dealing with that uh, we've had a lot of uh, suicides um, by unfortunately by young females um, because they get cyberbullied or they have like some of their images uh, posted up which are compromising and that that's terrible so we in Canada we've, we've kind of dealt with that so we know that social media is good for some things like it l brings attention but um, it also has a negative, very, very negative side. And that's why we've implemented those types of programs for elementary school teachers, uh, sorry, elementary school uh, students as well as high school students right now. I don't know if America's got that. No. Um, um, it, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how education works up there. It, is it more run by the, the, the federal government or is it run by the states or the provinces? Uh, the, the provinces, uh, the 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 feds give money the the um, to the provinces. The provinces via transfer payments make sure that the different school boards get uh, money. Uh, there's uh, in our in our province there are standard tests uh, to ensure that uh, regardless of what board or um, you know whether it's a religious school or whether it's a private school for that matter um, and and public certainly uh, they have to adhere to baseline metrics for uh, student accomplishment. So it works about the same as it as it does here. And yeah. I, maybe maybe that kind of education is happening in some places, but um, our education system here is very broken. Um, uh, it, at least in the, at least here in Michigan, um, it's just gone through years and years of budget cuts, and you know, so like, Michigan is one of the states in the union that um, has the highest tuition rates of any other. Mm -hmm. It's really expensive to go to school here, it, it, you know, post post um, high school. Um, and it, um, the, the amount of money the schools get per kid has gone down over the last 10 years too. So, I mean, the, um, we also have some really terrible teachers and it's really hard to get rid of them because I mean, I'm, I'm usually pro union, but if you're a bad teacher, you should probably get fired. Um, mm. that's usually the way things go. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's a completely different topic maybe for another day, but, um, I don't. I don't see any of that stuff here. Mm. Um, okay, so so then 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 come back to the social media discussion because I also find that um, just come back to the notions of what dimensions make social media different because you raise a good point. What's the difference between like mass media and social media? And I was just thinking because um, you know with social media there's obviously that vapid quality to it, right? Like it, it's funny because you talk to a kid nowadays and you're trying to believe it. I'm not even joking about this. Like we we keep on talking about this every so often. Um, where you and I and, and Ricky, we started talking about like Hitler and like, you know, the Holocaust and stuff. And there was a inter internet, Pew Internet survey data that said like a significant swath of Americans, okay, because they just did it for Americans, they didn't do it for all of, but I suspect mm -hmm. Canada's too, where they said like, you know, 30% of kids do not know what the Holocaust is. Okay. Yeah, they've cut it. They've cut it a, 
a lot of curriculums here in the How United States. What's because- about, man? Like honestly, that's like. It's the- yeah, I understand. I, I, I'm, I, it's dumb. They've done the same thing with um, uh, the Civil War and slavery and stuff. A lot that's, of the stuff is just not even taught. Um, that's and, not. Yeah. How do you decide they don't really, that out? Well, it, it, the the problem is it's become political, right? So the um, it, wait, it, wait, how how is like you know America um, helping out with the Eastern and Western you know uh, f- you know fight in World War Two uh, a political thing like it, 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 that that's a humanity thing like yeah people, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so but people can make political things out of everything in this country Vince it's it's ridiculous it's it's not. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Prince, but America's broken. <laughs> we okay, can't okay. fix it. <laughs> but just coming back to it, so besides the vapid nature of kind of information, and the thing I was going to get is that uh, I had to explain the whole entire issue of how the Holocaust happened, how the state of Israel formed and everything. And a kid was like, yo, man, that was a lot. Could Is there a video? And I was like, are you serious? And I pull up a Fuck video. Notes. No, but I pull up a video and it's like on YouTube. I'm like, this is the history of like after World War II. How? And then the kids are like, Yo, man, that's like 22 minutes. And I was like, serious, man? Like, it, I can't boil down like decades of, of uh, you know, political, you know, overtones in, in history. You're going to want it in less than 20 minutes. What is this, pizza? So there's a vapid quality of it with social media, right? The second thing is that there, uh, I found that the issue of hashtags, likes, and and the kind of quick shareability those are those are very much social media characteristics and to me the other problem with social media is that the response that it does elicit aside from outrage like the actual tangible responses is of course number of retweets and just number of likes and you may recall back in the day when it was like you know click on this and like this and you'll solve like you know child poverty or like you know aids or something you're like how does this help anything right or, or, or like, what do likes really do? And I'm actually glad to see things um, such as Instagram, like apps like Instagram, have basically said, you know what? Just because, um, you know, people have been really gunning to get likes to do stupid things, uh, um, we we've decided to keep that discreet. They've changed their Tide like pods. Yeah. Sorry. Tide pods. The the kids were eating Tide pods to get likes on YouTube. Oh, it was, geez. Yeah. It was so, dumb. And then the, the kids were snorting condoms through their nose. It was the mo- it was. And uh, the most recent one is um, they're being dared to jump out of moving cars at high speeds for, for likes. I swear to God, that's literally true. Okay, so <laughs> but people but, are stupid. But thank God, Instagram has now said, okay, we're gonna peel back that so that only you can see them. Is, is that the case? Like, uh, like that only yeah, you yeah. Can see the number of yeah, views. and you can choose to show them publicly. It's you just have to. I'm not sure if you have to opt in or if you have to opt out. But YouTube has done something similar with the likes too. But they haven't hidden the views, right? Yeah. So I think that's eventually going to happen. But I mean, because I mean, uh, like I said, people just do stupid stuff for then that's exactly your point. But, but again, that's the thing. Social media, how has that benefited anybody? Because now you're just encouraging stupid behavior, right? The second mm-hmm. thing is, of course, you're not only encouraging stupid behavior, but you're basically ensuring that because of the ability to share it, you're, you're, you're ensuring that stupidity is propagated, right? And the question is, can we actually use social media to actually do something of meaningful development, right? As a society, you know, if 
aliens were to come like millennia from now looking on our civilization they'd be like yo man there was this thing that they developed called the internet and they shared all the stupidest ideas possible to do stupid things and they all copied and emulated it right they had this big channel to explain everything to everybody but instead they were doing cat videos and you know liking thinking that they could like the way out of cancer or coronavirus or what have you right that's that that that's just thing that that baffles my mind if you were to look at how this technology which is incredible is being utilized to not make meaningful change in society right so if all right so let's see if we can wrap this up just quickly vince if, do you think that social media it, it just is a net good or a net bad on society just, Ooh. um because obviously, I mean, we've been focusing on the negative stuff, right? I mean, how how social media negatively affects and doesn't affect change. But do you think, you know, if you had to put it on a scale, would it be would they equal out or one be bigger than the other? I think it's marginally a positive, but I mean, it is marginal at best. I mean, I, I don't think they. I, I don't think the benefits. Like, I mean, yes, there are great benefits. People are like, I don't know any directly i don't know any rape victims or people that were beaten up or killed by cops but i'm glad that i am aware of this so that i can be more sensitive about these issues or that i didn't know about certain things and remember when way back it's been so long that remember i only got a twitter account because of you guys right yeah i know and and, 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 and now it. you tweet more than ever now you tweet yeah, more than yeah, I and it's, it's just it's just that like social media um as a net good for me has been like i am aware of like very quickly, the pulse and sentiment of various issues, right? Which is good, right? And yes, there are personal things where I can share on social media, like, hey, kids, I went to this construction site, check this out. And my students, you know, are interested, they follow that, they see it. Or, you know, I, I talk about like cool stuff that I just saw, XYZ location, people see it, everyone's happy, right? But it, it's a very marginal benefit. But I don't think it's in aggregate, um, really able to stop like the kind of vocal uh, people that have no solutions or no options or no ideas, the people that are encouraging stupid behavior, the fact that social media is something that, you know, is is something so superficial that, you know, we, we are doing it's, it's like imagine if I said you have this amazing computing capacity, you know, in, in, in the you know medieval era uh, to you know write, print, create books, document stuff. And then people were like, no, we're going to use it as paperweights, right? Like that's what I see social media as being right now. It's just this big loudspeaker to just say stupid things, to make sure people see stupid things, right? And yes, there is good. But at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'd only say that it's a marginal benefit relative to the huge impacts. Like when you see people going, no, man, I'm not getting vaccinated. No, man, I'm going to snort, you know, whatever, condoms or eat Tide Pods. Like that stuff is is a huge detriment to society, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll answer the same question. And um, I think that uh, I'm going to cop out on it a little bit and say that it has the potential to be an extraordinarily good thing for society. But like every innovation since the history of, you know, since the invention of the wheel and fire, um, society needs to change around it. Right. So, yeah, y- you can't have the same policies and and behaviors in the digital age as you did when the way you got newspaper new news was from newspapers and from the television and then the radio and telegram you know mm-hmm. i mean wh- wh- you know i'm you know i'm the history guy when cars started to become a thing 
you know, the, the entire, you know, infrastructure of the world had to change. Same thing with electricity. You know, I had to build up the infrastructure and things had to change. And, um, you know, there was new laws and new rules and, you know, not, not only for businesses, but how you use them, how you use those things. I mean, every innovation ever has those things and at least the innovations that have the, I mean, obviously when the clapper was introduced, they didn't have to change, uh, you know, policies and government or whatever. But when, you know, when these huge, humanity changing uh, innovations happen, the entire society and culture has to adapt to those things. And that's something that we haven't done yet for the internet. Um, all the laws and things, at least here, specifically here in the United States and even in Canada and, you know, and most of the world, China and everywhere. Um, it's really the, the laws and policies of the governments have really lagged behind the innovation of the digital age. The only place where that's, not as much true as in Europe because the European Union seems to have a pretty fairly good pulse on trying to at least somewhat keep up with, with digital trends. But even then, it's just it's just so much. It's because things move so fast in the internet. It's hard to keep those things. Think, uh, I mean, and, and government and policies are only one aspect of the change that society needs to go through in order to, um, you know learn how to use these things not only in a productive and meaningful way so they create meaningful change not only in you know a broad sense but in you know individual ways um mm -hmm. it's the whole people are glued to their phone and addictions thing because you know digital phone addiction is a thing and it's yeah. it, it's and and it's a thing because it's we're still kind of in a trans Position period where people have these things maybe in 20 years it won't be such a big thing or it will just be seen as normal and we'll all have chips in our brains i don't know <laughs> um but you know, it's just as we continue on the society needs to alter and adapt to things and it really starts out with parenting and education because that's where you know in, in the in the development stage of you know of kids and stuff you know parents have to i mean obviously not a parent but you um, parents have to teach the kids responsible use of technology. You know, you know, mm -hmm. you can only use your screens for two hours a day and then you have to go outdoors and play for a little while. You know, you have to, it really has to start with parenting and, and, and then, then in schools, how to responsibly not only find news and things like that, but also how to interact with other people over social media. It's completely different to interact with somebody that you don't know on the internet than it is face to face because you're much more, you're hidden behind anonymity. We've talked about this before, Vince, yep. how, how people will say stuff online that they would never say in person. Person, yeah. Yeah. And, and that all starts in school, you know, to teach etiquette and, and manners and things like that. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, it's not something that you really want the school to teach, but it's the school and parents and, it, you know, Hillary Clinton had that book in the nineties. It takes community or whatever. It mm -hmm. really does. It really is going to take everyone to to change how society deals with not only Twitter and Facebook, but all sorts of digital aspects of life because that's the way the society has went or has yeah. gone. I agree. Yep. Um, that was very eloquent of me to end the end the podcast. I didn't even stutter one time. It was pretty good. I didn't I didn't lose my train of thought halfway through like normal. I didn't say anything racist. So <laughs> so, so we'll we'll just we'll just end there. Um, now uh, we're gonna do another episode next week if we can. If not, it'll be two weeks. And we're, we're going to be doing 
Oh, my Internet Earths, but not really the Crisis of Internet Earths because that's what I remember the comic book as. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see all the shows because it's not just one consolidated series because if they're not all on Netflix or all not all on just regular PVR stuff. I'm uh, going to try, Vince, to go through and download them all from some sort of, sort of torrent sites. The ones that I can, I will put it in the box for us to do. Um, and the ones that we I don't find, maybe I can ask Ricky and see if he actually has them downloaded. Because that's um, that's that that's a random kind of like sampling well, of. A- well, yeah, they're all over the place. They're they're not even all on the same network, as far as I know. And there are like seven of them. Yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah, it's it's weird that the way that they, like I said, I wish they'd just done a miniseries and they're all together. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, so anyways, that that's coming up uh, the next time. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. I'm at MTW. There's my stutter. MTWB on Twitter. Vince is VWHUI. Ricky, who's not here, is Ricky underscore Williams1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at the 3Cast. You can also subscribe to us on many different podcast services, iTunes, CastBox, Google, Spotify, all the different ones, pretty much wherever you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can do so, and please do so. Leave us a review if you uh, if you find these ramblings entertaining. If not, also leave a review and tell us the, you know, whatever. Anyways... Uh, We'll be back in uh, a couple weeks. Take care.